Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and ladies and gentlemen, actually, let me take that back. I don't know if today's episode is going to be exciting. It's going to be an episode, but I don't know about exciting. That's This is probably going to be one of those episodes that I've been dreading to do, uh, and I'll explain why in a little bit, but just hang, hang in there with me. But if this is your first time tuning in, thank you guys so much. First of all, welcome. Uh, a couple of things before we get started. Uh, if you, make sure you hit me up. Follow me on X slash Twitter slash threads at a six foot ten Mexican, all uh, under case. Uh, I'm, you know, give me a follow. I'm always down. Hit me up. Always down to talk about football, Broncos, whatever related. Um, if for any business emails, please email uh, Broncos Talk twenty twenty at gmail dot com. Uh, wherever it is you guys are listening to this podcast, Amazon, I. Uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, make sure you thumbs up five star review. Let me know you subscribe. Uh, and, uh, of course all, uh, I was going to say donations. I don't know why, but then we're not taking donations. So, uh, but any, any positive remarks or reviews are, are very much well, very much, very well received. So you might be wondering where I've been the last two weeks. Now I know this sounds like <laughs> you know, like one of the previous episodes, but this time there was no technical difficulties. I didn't have no family emergencies. My family is fine. So what had happened was since the last episode is I kind of told myself, now we all remember where the hell uh, I was before in terms of, you know, looking forward to this Bronco season. So actually I haven't even updated the score sheet. I have it right here. That's how pissed off I was. So, after week one, I was really, really upset because there's no way the Broncos should have lost that fucking game. No fucking way. So they lost. And then we lost week two against Washington. Uh, so I'm putting that down. And then we, the majority of this episode is going to be on, well, actually, I shouldn't have crossed that out. I'm going to just check that one out because I got that one right. We did win. Or we did lose. I'm sorry. Like I predicted we were going to do. So, so I basically told myself because I didn't want to come on here and I didn't want to be, I had more negative things to say about this team than I did positive. And I really didn't want to come on here and just feel like I was just shitting on the Broncos more than I was trying to find some positives, you know, uh, obviously the first week, I think the, the thing that pissed me off the most about week one was the fact that the end score of that game was the same end score from a year before in Russell Wilson's so-called so revenge game in Seattle on Monday Night Football Week 1. So that really pissed me off. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to come on here and I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy. You know, and I didn't want to just... like It, it didn't feel authentic to me to come, here, to come on here and say positive things that I didn't really mean. And then I was like, okay... You know, week two, it's going to be a bounce back week. We should do good against the commanders. Uh, and then commanders dropped 30 points on us. And it came down to a two-point conversion, controversial call, which I agree that was really controversial. But had the offense done what they were supposed to do in the second half and had the defense actually stepped up, there wouldn't have been no need for a Russell Wilson Hail Mary throw. You know, and there wouldn't have been a need to kind of go back and blame the rest for for that loss or whatever but I was like okay and it kind of made things going a little bit more worrisome and worse going into week three against Miami because 
Miami had put up a, a decent fight against their division rival in the Patriots, and they came back and won against the Chargers the week before. And Miami's a threat. They got weapons down there and coaching that's just unbelievable. Their defense is a little bit sketchy uh, because Vic Fangio's first year there, and it takes Fangio about a takes him a while to get it going, but he's going to get that defense up and going. There's no doubt about that. But that's not even the reason why the Broncos lost, which was what I would think is going to be like, okay, you know, Vic Fangio defense, he knows the most of the, the Broncos from within, their their offensive schemes or whatever, even though, even though he was gone. But it, like, I just had to come on here because what happened this past Sunday was not, I mean, you guys have heard it all week. It's embarrassing. It's abysmal. It's every negative thing in the book. And as of today, for the very first time, I've seen the Broncos under 30, just literally one spot above the Bears as one of the worst teams of this season. And, you know, I really try all week. I've been trying to roll with the punches, you know, family and friends that aren't Broncos fans. They've been giving me shit and likely so (laughs) even people that aren't my family and friends on social media give you a good example. There's a guy I follow on TikTok who makes like really funny videos out of games, you know, ads like edits them to make them funny. And I commented on there like, uh, you know, uh, I guess he didn't have enough time. So he didn't show all 10 touchdowns. He only showed like, I think like five or six. So I, I dropped the comment. I said, Hey, you know, thanks for not drop, not showing all 10 touchdowns, you know, uh, my Broncos. Uh, I love your vids. As of today, that was on Sunday. As of today, as of this recording, that comment has gotten over 9,500 likes. And a couple of people that are that commented, most of them were people that say the Broncos suck, which <laughs> I mean, you don't need to tell me. Um, and then there was a one or two other Broncos fans that kind of were like, well, we feel your pain, but 9,500 people and probably still growing, uh, since I haven't checked my phone is fucking insane. (laughs) It's fucking insane. Um, but I just like, I, I don't know if this episode is going to go 60 minutes, let alone 30. And I know I say that all the time, but I just like, and I felt like I really didn't want to come on here. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I really didn't because I was just, you know, I I give credit to all the other podcasters I've seen over the last two or three days. that have just been trying to, you know, be stern, but also be dead. This season is probably going to dedicate or dedicate, uh, (laughs) probably put the words diehard fan to the test. Because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people leaving Miami uh, uh, Hard Rock Stadium threw their Broncos jerseys in the garbage on their way out. I really wouldn't be surprised. And I wouldn't blame them one bit. And you've heard me on this show say plenty of times before, hey, if you have Broncos merchandise, you don't want it, send it my way. Even if it's shirts and stuff that doesn't fit, that's fine. I'll wash them. I'll find a place to put them. But (laughs) jokingly, of course. But um, it's just like, I I don't know. And all week, like there's been people just trying to figure out who to blame. I mean, obviously the majority of the blame falls with Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator. All that falls at his feet. 
but he's not the only one to blame. You know, Sean Payton has his fair share of blame because he's the one that hired Vance Joseph. So he's the one that's got to deal with everything that's been coming towards the Broncos and any future losses and embarrassments as well, as long as that man is defensive coordinator. And it's etched in the, in the, I don't want to say, I don't know what, in the halls of NFL history forever and ever, that embarrassing defeat. So as I've watched the highlights more than I'd like to admit, just because it, the more I watch it, the more like there were besides all the mistakes, like all the missed tackles and (laughs) shout out to my boy, Matt fanatic who had like, I'm, I don't know if he was joking. I, I think he was, but I could be wrong. Who, who says that he had a theory as to why the Broncos were missing so many tackles. And that was the fact that uh, a lot of, because it was really hot in Miami, that most of the Miami players were sweaty. So the Broncos hand gloves or whatever couldn't like stick or maybe not stick is the right word, but, but properly grab their, the defender and bring them down. They just kind of slipped off as if they were coated in oil or whatever. But they're unfortunately that's just that's a really really tall stretch and i unfortunately i don't buy it i really wish i could but what we saw on that field as broncos fans was just a travesty it it really was you saw a bunch of defensive players and i know two of them uh came out with injuries and that sucks and they weren't able to come back into the game but it's you know this wasn't just like two steps forward folks this was like you ever see a gymnast when they do that that thing where they just kind of backflip until they get tired? That's what this was, but going the opposite way. Just kind of back rolling, flipping, stumbling, whatever you want to call it, until you get tired. Way, way fucking back. And it's just fucking embarrassing, man. And if you saw Shannon Sharp on Monday morning, that man poured his heart out and he let it be told. And I agree with him 100%. And this is coming from a man who played with the Broncos in the 90s and won two Super Bowls with them. And that's when they played football in a whole different era where the quarterback was not more protected, where the rules were different. And when a motherfucker hits you, you felt that shit. You know, and and it's just like it's a different time. But still, Shannon Sharp bleeds orange and blue like the rest of us. And... You know, he went out there and I I just like I'm at a loss for words, folks. And I'm really struggling to come on here and try to stay as positive as I can, especially going into the next week's matchup against, excuse me, against the Chicago Bears. But it's like, like how, like, I, I just, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And uh, for as many uh, theories as I've heard from my fellow uh, Broncos podcasters on on terms of what happened and, you know, who's to blame, some people are blaming Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's numbers were, are not an issue. I will say that I'm not saying he's not without fault because he is, because for the second time in a week, he's disappeared. Maybe third, if you count the Raiders game in certain aspects, the offense just fucking disappeared. Like... Yeah, he had his first interception of the season. That was a a bad, bad throw. But actually, I'm thinking that's the Commanders game. I'm sorry, that's the Commanders game where he had the first interception. I don't think he threw a I don't think he threw a pick in this one. Could be wrong. 
Um, I know that uh, Corlin Sutton, Sutton had two very costly fumbles, which is really weird because you usually don't associate those two words together, Sutton and fumble, and he had two on the very in the same game, which forced a defense that was just. I, I mean, I don't know. If I'm being honest with you guys, it almost felt like the, the defense just kind of fucking gave up. It, it honestly did. And, uh, you know, like that, that that last throw by Mike Mike Power. Uh, I think his name is Mike Powers or whoever the backup's name is. That, that throw he made to Chosen Anderson or whatever he's calling himself now. And just catching Patrick Sertan snoozing just burns him. And it's like... Like, how the fuck does that happen? <laughs> you know, if it had been against Damari Mathis, I'd have been like, yeah, that's eh, shit. You know, that's that's to be expected. We know that Mathis has been struggling the last three weeks, but Patrick Chetan the second? It's like, man, the defense was already, you know, getting an ass whooping from the first stringers. And even when the second stringers came out, the Broncos defense was still getting lit up. And the first string offense was still out there, and they weren't doing shit either. The only little bit of light in that tornado of a disaster was Mims with the kickoff return. And it almost felt like the Miami Dolphins special teams just kind of gave it to us out of pity. It, it honestly did. It almost felt like they all moved in one way, and they were just like, ah, let them run. Let them get one thing since nobody else can get no fucking points, not the kicker. Not the offense, not the running game. And it's just like there's so much blame to go around, but mostly I the, the those guys. The that the, the that defense. They're the biggest ones to blame because they were just I, I, I've heard disgraceful. I've heard embarrassing. I've heard abysmal. I've heard worse words than that. And you can't argue with them because they're right. Like 70 points, that's going to be talked about all fucking season. Even if the Broncos go on like some hot streak, that's all people, like. they're just going to say that. And it's kind of like when the Broncos lost the Super Bowl 43 to 8. And no matter how good the Broncos were after that, it was kind of like, well, 43 to 8. And that would just kill like any argument and ruin any Bronco fans day. But now the 70 points kind of trumps the 43 and eight, because it's just the more I think about it, the more it pisses me off, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I just don't know, folks. I everybody around me has been asking me what happened from family and friends to a couple people on Twitter that hit me up on DMs. Uh, like, like, what the fuck happened? Like, we know Miami's good, but. To, to let them walk all over you like they did and put up that amount of points on you and then just embarrass you on national TV. And and the thing that, that, that hurts the most is when you see the numbers, if I do remember correctly the statistic, the Broncos have the sixth most expensive defense in the league. So the owners have spent so much money on Russell Wilson on rebuilding that offensive line and draft capital and cap space and bringing Sean Payton in and giving him an extended contract and the draft pick that they had to use uh, from Miami to give to New Orleans to buy Sean Payton's contract. Now I get it. Sean Payton is not gonna is not Cinderella. He's not gonna turn this team around for the better like 
Super Bowl contender, uh, you know, San Francisco-ish in one season. And I say that because I heard Colin Cowherd say that on his show. And as much as I hate that motherfucker, he has a point. Because when all those coaches that are there right now, none of them turn that team around in one year. Not one. Kyle Shanahan, if I remember correctly, that first year he was there, the Niners were just fucking terrible. But it almost felt like they were tanking for, for draft picks. But he was able to rebuild that team from the ground. And he rebuilt the defense with help from his defensive coordinator and Robert Salah. He rebuilt the offense coming from, you know, his father, Mike Shanahan. And right now, in this season, the 2023 season, the 49ers are one of the best teams in the league and quite possibly the best team in the NFC next to the Eagles. And I, I, a part of me wants to say the Cowboys because their defense is good, but Cowboys defense is got their they lost to Arizona, so their credibility is a little bit shot right now. They're a good defense, but the last two weeks, you would think that they were good enough to take even that offense, that sketchy offense, to a Super Bowl and win one like Denver did. But that's another story. But it, it just sucks. And patience is something that we as Broncos fans do not have. Because the, the last thing... Broncos fans want to hear is rebuild. No fan, I believe, and this is my personal opinion, no fan wants to hear the word rebuild because, especially this early in the fucking season, because that means it's like you feel like this season's going to be a waste. There's no point in watching the games if all your favorite players get traded away and it's just a bunch of, you know, who's ever available in the practice squad or whatever. And it's like it kind of makes you look forward to, to the draft, which is months away from now. And really, truly, this game coming up with the Bears, whoever loses that game, that's exactly what it's going to be. You know, the the Bears, I don't think they have enough play, good enough players to have a fire sale. They do have a couple of decent ones that, uh, they, you know, they could trade for uh, decent draft capital. But if the Broncos lose, then the Broncos have a lot of players that they can move if they feel they can get better draft and uh capital and save cap space if i'm not mistaken and just kind of say you know what 23 2023 was a fucking bust which would be a fucking disgrace because we're we'd only be in week five and we're already talking about the season gone to shit it really would you know we've had to deal with coaches getting fired mid-season coaches getting fired at the end of the season just like losing streaks and not being able to beat division rivals except the Chargers. Uh, I mean, it's fucking bananas, man. It's fucking bananas. And, like, for the first time in my life, that Monday, I almost felt... Like, I'm a diehard fan to the very end. Don't get me wrong. But it's like... I don't know if you guys, it might just be me. But for the very first time, like, I felt betrayed. I, I honestly did. I felt betrayed by this team. It, it feels like an even bigger letdown than last year. It, it really does. And last year, we, we got a lot of shit for, you know, Mr. Unlimited and the Subway commercials and, and all that shit. Everything that happened last year compared to this one 
feels like like I'd rather go through that shit again because at least I can get a couple of laughs and kicks and it wouldn't be that fucking terrible. You know, like we could get over it as long as Russell Wilson turned it around and brought us a championship. Hey, let's all laugh at fucking, you know, at Russell Wilson type of thing. But this, like, this is beyond Russell Wilson. This is, this is fucking, it's, it's nuts. It's insane. And uh, I think it was Justin Simmons or Corlin Sutton, one of the Broncos players who I read a quick headline before I jumped on here that said that it would never happen again. Now, I, w- I really wish I could believe you, but I'm sorry. I love my Broncos to death, but I don't believe that. I honestly don't. Because if a team of guys can go out there and just kind of fucking wave the red, the white flag. I don't know why I said red. <laughs> once, they're more than likely to do it again. Especially if they have something against the quarterback, which is being rumored that the locker room doesn't like Russell Wilson. Or that they have some kind of pushback against Sean Payton because they don't like the way Sean Payton runs, is running the show. Only four weeks in. So it it could happen. Anything could happen. So maybe it won't happen anytime soon. I'd like to believe that. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen again for like another hundred years when I'm not around to see it or too old and deaf and blind to notice it happened. Um, Especially to Denver, it could happen to somebody else. If it happens to somebody else, hey, that's great. But then again, do you really want it to happen to somebody else? Because then they're going to just bring this shit back up again and it'll probably ruin your day in the future when you're just trying to have a great day or a peaceful day or watching football or whatever. And they're like, hey, remember that time the Dolphins dropped 70 points on Denver and the Denver defense just gave up, you know, and you got to feel for that team. I mean, I know everybody saw that interview they had with Garrett Bowles, you know, and Garrett Bowles has had his, his fair share of problems. He's caught shit for all the holding and whatever. And that man that year for his contract extension, he earned it. But like you really feel for him when he says he's tired of losing and that the Broncos would be doing him a favor if they traded him. And that to me is worrisome because if you start player morale right now has got to be so fucking low. It's on the other side of the world. It's probably in China or some shit like that. That's how low it is. You know how they always said who was Emmanuel Sanders that the Broncos were living in a world of suck. Right now, it feels like a whole fucking universe. And every player is a planet. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know. It's so fucking insane. And it's a miracle that there are people still out there that are rooting for the Broncos. It it really is. I really felt I was going to be the only one out of all the ones I know that are like, hey, you guys still Broncos fans? Because I feel like Like, I'm out. (laughs) You know, I was really expecting to hear that. And from people that were not kidding around either, you know, not being talking out of satire or whatever. It was just kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm done with this team. And it can still happen if the team continues to play like shit, especially if the team decides to go into a fire sale and just kind of like, hey, we're rebuilding for 2024. So don't come to the games. Don't buy merchandise. And it's like, and, and you know what? And I, I can't really blame the owners. Like, I don't really know what else the owners can do. I really don't. Like, they spent so much fucking money 
But now they're starting to show that no matter how rich they are, no matter how much money they spend, it seems like there's no amount of money to fix everything that's fucking broken. And that's just me panicking. After I just got done telling you guys that maybe Sean Payton just needs more time. But then again, we said the same thing about Wilson two years ago when he became a Bronco and when he struggled. And he's like, oh, just give Russell Wilson more time. I don't know why I said two years. It was a year ago. You know, give him more time, you know, get him acclimated or whatever, and he'll learn the process. But again, he got a whole new coaching staff. Third time uh, since he left Seattle when he lost Brian Schottenheimer, who I still knock that if he had never left Seattle, Russell Wilson would still be a Seahawk. And I will die on that hill. So, all I know is, and and actually, sidebar, there was a funny TikTok from I saw from this guy. I don't know if he was a Broncos fan, but he was really speaking like one. He said, if I was the Broncos owner, on payday, I think he said that NFL players get paid every Tuesday. I don't know if that's true or not. Or whatever payday is, he says, I'm holding everybody's check. Nobody getting paid because all you guys went out there and played like shit and nobody played like they should have gotten paid a motherfucking dollar. And for I was laughing at first, but when I got done laughing, I was like, man, you know what? If I was the 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 owners, I'd probably feel like that too. Like I'd put stop payment on all those fucking checks. Nobody's getting a motherfucking dime because nobody played like they motherfucking should. This is the NFL, the National Football League. This is supposed to be the best of the best. And the Broncos went out there like they were like an XFL team. You know, kind of thinking, think of it like fucking New England versus the Silly Nannies on Family Guy. Kind of like that. Like, (laughs) it's just fucking insane. And all I've been hearing for the last day or two is just kind of like new, new slate, new slate, new slate, new slate. Like, yeah, I get it. You want a new slate. You want to start over. But it's not that easy, man. You just can't, you know, brush aside 70 points and act like it never happened. Because it did. And that's gonna, that's a mark that's going to live with every one of these, with every one of these defensive players for the rest of their careers. You know, if if the Broncos do try to trade them or they last during throughout the whole season and then they try to go to another team, every team's going to remember where they were when they see that name come up. Like, oh, shit, you're the one that, you know, missed the tackle in that 70-point game against Miami. Like, nah, man, we good. That could cost them a job with a future team. That could cost them money for a bigger contract. And that's the part that pisses me off the most is that this fucking defense just played like they didn't give a fuck the pass rush once again was fucking absent randy gregory is just looking more and more like a fucking huge waste of money i am sorry i really don't like saying that it felt like he finally came to in week two against the commanders where he finally showed up and he was finally doing what he was supposed to do and this past weekend he disappeared Zach Allen, I heard his name like once or twice, but I did not see the tape that I saw Zach Allen from Arizona so far has not been the Zach Allen tape I've seen so far here in Denver. I don't know if it's defensive scheme. I I, I honestly don't know. I thought that he was going to be a huge upgrade from Draymond Jones, 
but obviously I haven't seen it yet. I I have it. That front D line itself, like the the running backs are just running in between them, running wild. Like there's nobody there. And you know, not having Justin Simmons out there, I, like I was expecting the whole fucking thing with with Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill has been killing the Broncos with or without Justin Justin Simmons, but. Tyreek Hill could have went home after that touchdown pass. He really could have. And they didn't have have Jalen Waddle. Everybody's been saying that all fucking the last three days, and they're right. Imagine if Jalen Waddle played. Miami would have probably put up 80, 90, maybe 100. So this wasn't just like a gut punch, as I heard. This was like a Mike Tyson getting knocked out for 12 fucking rounds straight. Without the ref calling the fight. That's what this felt like. Every time the Broncos defense went out there. They just got knocked the fuck out. And then they'd get back up. And instead of the coach throwing in the towel. It's just one two punch. Dead again. (laughs) So it's really really hard. To kind of. Believe in new slate. New game. Like. These Broncos players, especially the defense, they have to do what Kansas City did to the Bears this past week when the when the Chiefs struggled against the, the Jaguars in week two. They have to use the Bears as to make an example. As to say, hey, we got our asses beat, kicked, destroyed, whatever. We're going to take care of business here with Chicago because New York is coming up next. At home and at mile high. So if you don't want to see a bunch of empty seats at Ma High in two weeks, then you need to take care of business in Chicago. Because this is probably going to be the least watched game of of uh, in the uh, uh, on Sunday. Maybe in competition with the Panthers and the Vikings because they are also 0-3 right now. And it's probably going to be only watched by Panthers and Vikings fans. And yes, they're coming to Chicago. And yes, I'm going to be there. I really, to be honest with you guys, I was really starting to second guess me even going to this game. Because it's like, I'm pretty sure we as Broncos fans are going to hear nothing but those 70 to seventy to 20 chants all fucking game from Bears fans. Especially if they're losing. So they're going to taunt the shit out of us. And not just at the, this coming Sunday, but for like, probably for fucking ever. <laughs> But you know what? And I, I forgot who told me this, but they made a lot of sense. You know, I'm a fan of the name on the front, not so much for the name in the back. And that's who that's who I have to ride with. And unfortunately, I have to show that I'm a fan not only through the good when the Broncos turn it around and become a contender one day or go out and win another Super Bowl, but to show that, hey, when shit hits the fan, or in this case, a fucking airplane turbine. It's like like I was there. I was there during the bad, the really, really bad. The oh shit, this is fucking a disaster bad. The Broncos are ranked 31st out of 32 teams bad. And in the future, the Broncos turned it around. Head coaching got their head out of their ass. They got the right players. They got the right staff. The right playbook, the right defensive coordinator, whatever. And now they're a formidable football team. And they can go toe-to-toe with the best of the best the league has to offer. 
I know that's coming one day. When is a whole different fucking question. Now, I did say I don't think this is going to go as long as I think it. I wanted it to because I don't really feel like sitting here and bashing the defense and the Broncos themselves for 60 fucking minutes. I think that the Broncos themselves have had enough embarrassment for the last two or three days, and they have a lot more possibly coming their way, especially if games start to get out of hand like this and players just start to miss tackles or just stop giving a flying fuck. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Because this can never happen again. And it shouldn't happen again. But it probably will. Hopefully I'm wrong on that. But anyways. Before we end. Thinking about this game. Like I said. This is one of those toilet bowl games. There's two games that are toilet bowl games this week. Us with against the Bears. And the Vikings versus the Panthers as I said earlier. And whoever loses this game out of the two. It's the other one's going to have hell to pay come the next day. The Bears are probably going to start thinking, you know, fire. Well, the Broncos, I should say. Because the Broncos, like I said, have more players to put on, you know, on the chopping block. Not so much on the chopping block, but on the trade block and try to get as much as they can before the week eight trade deadline and then just kind of giddy up or ride or just drag themselves to the finish line that is week 18 and miss another playoff uh, contention season at that and then look forward to 2024 but whoever my Broncos fans are that are going to go out to this game I know I think I talked to Prophet my high Prophet I think he's going to be in town he reached out to me I really do hope I get to meet him uh, I missed uh, unfortunately we weren't able to meet up last year when I was in New York for the Jets game uh, he was in London when the Broncos played the Jaguars that weekend so uh I hope to meet him because uh, it was great interviewing him. I love talking to him and reading his posts on Twitter slash X. And uh, there's a lot of people I didn't meet when I went to uh, Denver that I really wanted to meet. I really wanted to meet Prophet. I really wanted to meet Mile High Mario. Uh, by the way, shout out to Mario. I got your uh, jersey in the mail. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's great. I have to find a place to hang it. Uh I will say I did fuck up on one thing, though. I should have asked you to autograph it for me because you're right. It's too small on me. I can't wear it, but I can get some of my favorite Broncos fans uh, to to autograph it for me. So I hope I can get Profit's autograph on if I remember to take it with me. And when I do go back to Denver, I don't know if I'm going to go this year, seeing as how the team's playing. But when I do go back, because I will be back to Mile High, um, hopefully I can catch up with a couple of people uh, that I follow and just kind of interact and meet with them in person. Uh, I know Bree was on one of my lists of people to meet. Uh, I don't know if the other people I follow actually live in Denver or if they broadcast elsewhere <clears throat> from remote locations. So whoever I can meet is uh, my, my good friend from Broncos Avenue. I'm sorry I forgot your name, my friend, but I, I follow you and I listen to your uh, podcast every day. Uh, so... Uh, I don't think none of my friends from MHRT live in Denver. I know Glenn lives in the East Coast. And Mundungus lives uh, in the Midwest. And Richie, of course, lives in Canada. And, uh... Uh... Oh, shit. Let's see. Uh, I can't think of... <laughs> He's gonna fucking kill me. But my other friend, he lives in... 
the West Coast up in Washington near Seattle. Uh, but either way, I, um, I, I, I really do hope the Broncos win. And I, I've got I've already gotten shit from people like, oh, you're going to go spend money to go see your shitty Broncos play. I'm like, well, yeah, because the way I see it, the money I was saving up to go see them in Denver, I can just save some of it, spend some of it and save some of it and just see them here. And who knows if the Broncos do happen to catch fire and go on a fucking 10 game winning streak and they go 10 and three. Then, hey, I can probably still catch a game towards the end of the season. I'm not going to blow all my saved money on it. But, I mean, you never know. Uh, but it, I, I really do hope they win this game. Uh, because there can only be one laughing stock team. Actually, there can only be two at this point. Because, theoretically speaking, there should be two teams that win. And two teams that remain uh, without winning a game at 0-4. So, it's either going to, like I said, out of the four teams... Uh, us for two of us have to lose and two of us have to win and if it's a fucking tie i think broncos and bears fans alike will be glad because <laughs> that's just a li- one more week of a little bit of humility and a little less humiliation and embarrassment as being a um what did the uh i as somebody told me it's like the, the they dubbed it the caleb williams uh bowl because the loser of this game is more than likely gonna tank and you know try to get the number one draft pick to try to uh, draft Caleb Williams. But when you really think about it, can a guy like Caleb Williams come in and save a team like the Broncos, especially if the Broncos don't decide to move on from Russell Wilson yet because he's still too fucking expensive to cut or trade or bench. So, and the Bears so far have not been able to turn it around with a, a, a quarterback worthy, a star worthy quarter, potential star quarter worthy quarterback so i i don't know what's gonna happen i honestly don't and i'm not gonna sit here and throw stats at you guys because i'm sure sure you guys have heard every stat there is all i can say is i hope the broncos win i hope i can come back on here uh next week with more excitement and with a little bit more hope in my voice matter of fact you know what i'm not even gonna add my uh the background music that i always add to these videos because i don't feel like i don't even feel like the broncos deserve it let alone me so there's not going to be no background music uh i know some of you guys previously told me that you enjoyed it so i'm just going to upload this the way it is because i feel that the broncos really need to learn something and show a little bit of humility and a huge it felt like a huge fu to broncos country it really fucking did so they have a lot of making up to do they can start on Sunday by beating the Bears. You know, if they can blow them out, even better. Kind of give Broncos country that, you know, that sign that they may be down, but they're not out because there's still plenty of football left and they're not throwing in the towel. So, with that being said, guys, have a good day, night, whenever it is you're listening to. As I said, please give me a follow on Twitter at a 6 foot 10 Mexican. I'm always down to talk about football. Give me a follow on social media. Uh, business inquiries you can email me at broncos talk 2020 at gmail.com wherever it is you guys are listening to this podcast uh you know thumbs up subscribe four four star reviews always appreciated thank you guys so much and uh broncos country you can't get any worse than this so <laughs> fuck it let's ride see ya